1998 Royal Rumble event took place in San Jose, California on the 18th of January. Around 18,500 fans attended the event, with around 300,000 watching on pay-per-view, so the first WWF pay-per-view event of 1998 sold better than every other WWF event of 1997. On this show, along with the annual 30-man Royal Rumble match, we have a WWF Championship match pitting Shawn Michaels against The Undertaker, and that one's gonna be a casket match. The Rock defends the Intercontinental Championship against Ken Shamrock, the tag titles are on the line when the New Age Outlaws defend against the Legion of Doom, and Mike Tyson's in the arena tonight, he's gonna watch the show from his skybox and we'll hear from Tyson a little later on. So let's get started with our opening match, the artist formerly known as Goldust vs Vader. This rivalry started all the way back at the 1997 Survivor Series when Goldust refused to wrestle during a traditional Survivor Series match. Goldust then unleashed this new, more risque version of his character to WWF fans, and Luna became his new manager, or his new mistress. Vader and Goldust have gone back and forth with attacks on Raw, but the physicality isn't what's front and centre here. It's all about the evolution, or devolution, of Goldust's character, whatever way you want to look at it. Vader gets a great reaction on his way to the ring, and Goldust tries to get an early advantage as Vader gets inside the ropes. But Vader quickly turns it around, and after a splash in the corner, Goldust decides it's time to get out of the ring. Vader goes out, and Goldust gets knocked into Luna. I think Goldust was supposed to roll here during this ring step bump, and it didn't quite work out that way. And the referee has to stop Vader from using the steps to do any more damage. Back inside the ring, Luna distracts Vader, and this allows Goldust to hit a clothesline. Vader tries to counter a sunset flip with a sit-down splash, but Goldust moves out of the way, and Vader then takes a clothesline from the artist formerly known as Goldust. I should mention here too that this is the most Goldust has wrestled since his recent change in attitude. He's been on TV a lot, but it's mostly been promos and interviews. Goldust lands a second rope elbow drop and the match goes back to the outside. Goldust remains aggressive and it's Vader who takes a ring step bump this time, it looked a lot better than Goldust's. Luna gets involved again by attacking Vader with her high heeled shoe, but Vader gets himself up and the match resumes. After delivering some punches in the corner, Goldust thinks it's a great idea to give Vader a kiss and Vader doesn't take it too well. The bizarre one gets turned inside out after a clothesline and the crowd chant Vader's name afterwards, but a thumb to the eye leads to Goldust trying and failing to body slam Vader. So Vader hits a suplex, he then lands a running splash, and a short arm clothesline puts Goldust right in position for the Vader bomb. Luna distracts the referee and Goldust hits a low blow, but even this doesn't stop Vader's momentum as the two competitors get back to their feet and Vader goes straight back in control. After landing that sit down splash, Vader decides it's time to end it. He goes up for the Vader bomb and even with Luna on his back, he still hits his finishing move. This looked great by the way. Vader wins the Royal Rumble 1998 opening match and the audience in attendance responded very, very well to this. Not my favourite Goldust or Vader match, but it wasn't terrible. Steve Austin arrives at the arena and he doesn't want to give Michael Cole an interview. He wants Michael to park his pickup truck instead. Austin tells Cole not to scratch his vehicle before walking through the arena doors, and then the Godwins show up looking for Stone Cold. Austin's been wiping out everyone on Raw, including the Godwins, on his road to the Royal Rumble match, and Austin's a marked man tonight. And you know, respect to Michael Cole, he doesn't say where Austin went, but the Godwins can tell from Michael's face. Sonny referees another minis match next. Tarantula, El Torito, and Battalion. Look at that fucking battalion there, boys. Versus Max Mini, Mosaic, and Nova. 
you know what to expect here and you're either going to enjoy these kind of matches or skip past them at this point because admittedly as talented as these little wrestlers are their matches can become repetitive and they're never given any kind of story. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't either, it's just the way it was. Mike Tyson though thought the match was fucking awesome, he'd never seen anything like it. Max Mini gets some help from Sonny and I'm going to have to double check the rulebook to see if that's allowed. Something tells me it isn't. Uh, nope, it's fine, my mistake. It ends with Max Mini pinning El Torito with an awesome Mahistral Cradle. And look at Sonny, she hasn't had a good workout like this since 20 minutes ago in the locker room. Good fun though and even better if you haven't seen a minis match before. The Nation of Domination stand outside Stone Cold's locker room and Fur gives Mark Henry his first assignment as a member of the group. Get his ass in there, wreck Steve Austin and hopefully live to tell the tale. Mark Henry charges through the door and all he finds is a foam finger flipping him off. Next up we have the IC title match, Rock vs Shamrock and it was a smart move putting these two together after the awesome but sadly forgotten work they did at the 1997 Survivor Series pay per view. Steve Austin handed Rocky the IC title because Stone Cold had bigger fish to fry and Rock gladly accepted that title. Austin would slowly move on to attacking Royal Rumble competitors while Rock told Shamrock he would give him a title shot out of the goodness of his heart. And then Shamrock had a few matches on Raw against other members of the nation. Most recently Mark Henry turned his back on Kenny Boy to join the group, so it's more or less been your typical story of the babyface falling victim to the numbers game. Mr. Current Affairs Rocky Maivia shares his thoughts on Bill Clinton and Paula Jones. Rock says when you lay down with a dog you'll end up with fleas. Don't be silly, you gotta cover it Willie. Rock says he stands alone tonight, one on one, the world's most dangerous man versus the people's champ. Rock tells Shamrock not to worry though because someone will be standing by to carry Shamrock's ass out of the building. I should mention too that during the free for all the nation argued about who should win the Royal Rumble. They've been building these issues within the nation quite well over the past few weeks. Rock gets in the ring and he tells the fans he's their people's champion and the best damn intercontinental champion there ever was. And Shamrock walks down looking cool and collected, for now at least. Rock tries to go toe to toe with Kenny Boy but the crowd keeps distracting him. Rock dodges a Shamrock kick and he goes for a cheap shot after a corner break but Ken moves out of the way. Rock tries again to cheap shot Shamrock but it backfires and Rocky gets punched in the mouth. Rock then takes a kick to the chest and he gets punched out of the ring. The people's champ takes his time getting back inside the ropes and you're hoping for an explosion in offense here, this one's been simmering quite a bit. They pick up the pace when Rock gets back inside the ropes. Rock takes control very briefly and Shamrock comes back with a few clotheslines. He then goes for the Frankensteiner but Rock counters with an alley-oop and Shamrock gets dropped across the top rope. Jerry Lawler loved this move. The Rocky Sucks chants begin as Rock kicks and stomps on the world's most dangerous man and the crowd gets into it when Shamrock fights back. Ken performs a crossbody and a fisherman's suplex but Rock comes straight back with a clothesline and Shamrock seems to be having some difficulties tonight. Rock's been all over him. On the outside Shamrock gets his head drilled into the ring steps and the crowd gasps when Rock performs his float over DDT in the middle of the ring. Shamrock kicks out of the cover so Rock tries to get a submission victory with a deadly chin lock. Somehow, someway Shamrock hangs in there so Rock punches the shit out of his opponent and he applies chin lock number 2. This is getting good. Even the Rock can't believe it, two chin locks, look at his face. 
Rock again goes for the float over DDT, but Ken counters with a northern light suplex, and then Shamrock snaps. Rocky begs for mercy, but Shamrock keeps the pressure on. A big power slam from Kenny Boy gets followed up with a ton of quick right hands, and we then see that Frankensteiner that Shamrock tried earlier on. Kama and Dilo then cause a distraction and Rock smacks Kenny Boy with some brass knucks. He then puts the knucks in Shamrock's tights and Rock covers his opponent. And Ken kicks out, probably wondering why he has a hard brass object rubbing against his nuts. Shamrock performs the belly to belly, he pins the rock and the referee counts to three. The crowd pops as they celebrate the crowning of a new IC champion, but hold your horses there Kenny boy, because the rock's complaining to the referee that Shamrock just hit him with a pair of brass knucks. Mike Kyoda asks Ken to stick his hands down his trunks and pull out his weapon, and Shamrock's surprised to find the brass knucks in his tights. Mike Kyoda says nope, he reverses the decision and he hands the belt back to the rock, and this gives the rock Rock a ton of great heat. Rock leaves the ring, Kenny Boy loses his shit and Kyoto takes the belly to belly followed by the ankle lock. Referees and officials have to stop Kenny Boy but no one dares lays a hand on him. A very good match though and it's a shame we don't talk too much about The Rock and Ken Shamrock's work together because it was always good. Both these guys are in the Royal Rumble match so we assume Shamrock's gonna try to get a little revenge later on. Mike Tyson and Shane O'Mac watch the event from Tyson's Skybox and you gotta wonder what these two were talking about. What does Shane McMahon have in common with Mike Tyson? Let me know in the comments. The Bariquas are on the lookout for Steve Austin backstage but they find a dirty old asshole instead. The biker Michael Likers and the Bariquas fight in the locker room as the World Wrestling Federation continue to build up to Austin's entrance in the Royal Rumble match. Next up we have the tag title match, LOD vs the New Age Outlaws. The Outlaws won the titles from the Road Warriors back in November and they ran away afterwards like thieves in the night. Badass Billy Gunn then shaved Road Warrior Hawk's head in the middle of the ring a few weeks later and the Outlaws, along with D-Generation X, put Animal through the announce desk. The LOD then kinda faded away from TV while the Outlaws focused on Mick Foley, but tonight the LOD get their rematch and they hope to win those tag team titles back and continue their career revival. Hawk still has his head shaved even though he had a month to grow his hair back and apparently the doctors have told Animal he shouldn't compete tonight. Animal says he wouldn't miss a chance to kick the outlaw's ass. The doctors don't know what they're talking about, it's all about having heart, sucking it up and being a WWF superstar. Unfortunately, this one doesn't go on too long and it ends really before it gets any chance to truly start. LOD completely wrecked the Outlaws with Road Dog taking a powerbomb and Gun getting thrown over the top rope. The Outlaws try to leave but the Road Warriors bring them back and it settles down with Hawk and Road Dog in the ring. James takes a jumping shoulder tackle in a corner clothesline, he takes a double back elbow when Animal tags in briefly, and things get a bit more heated when Hawk gets his hands on Billy Gunn. Hawk remembers what Billy did to his sweet hairdo on Raw and Billy gets his head punched in. Billy struggles to tag out as Animal comes back in to do some more damage. Animal hits both outlaws with power slams and it looks like this one's pretty much all over, but Animal takes a tumble out of the ring and Road Dog throws him into the steel steps. Animal plays up to his injury here and Hawk has to try and take on both outlaws, but Hawk ends up on the outside too after a missed shoulder tackle. Road Dog handcuffs Hawk to the ring post, 
and still the Outlaws can't get an advantage. Animal takes out both tag team champions and he delivers a power slam to Billy Gunn and Road Dog breaks the follow up cover with a chair shot. We have a DQ finish. The crowd boos as Road Dog continues to hit Animal with the chair but Hawk breaks the handcuffs and he runs in for the save. The Outlaws leave the ring and yeah, not very good was it? As legendary as the Road Warriors were, the upcoming Outlaws vs Cactus Jack and Terry Funk feud was better, so at least we have that to look forward to. As for LOD, well, things are only gonna get worse. It's time for the 1998 Royal Rumble match and you know the drill. Over the top rope eliminations, the winner gets a title shot at Wrestlemania and Steve Austin is the clear favourite to win this match. This whole Royal Rumble centred around Steve Austin, Austin promised to do unto others before they do unto him and Stone Cold launched a series of attacks on superstars confirmed for the Rumble match. So Austin's a marked man tonight and Austin doesn't care a single bit. No one else really has any main storylines heading into the Rumble and there really wasn't anyone else in line to win this thing, so even back in 1998 this year's Rumble match felt a little predictable. Still, who cares right? Raw Rumble matches are a load of fun and there's one guy in there who could completely own Stone Cold and win this whole thing. The real motherfucking problem of the Raw Rumble, Steve motherfucking Blackman. The number one entrant tonight from Truth or Consequences New Mexico, Cactus Jack. Number two, Chainsaw Charlie, very interesting indeed. Cactus throws trash cans and chairs into the ring and the Royal Rumble starts off with weapon shots. The two beat each other with chairs and Charlie exposes his face in order to beg Cactus to hit him right on the head. Cactus takes a shot and Cactus returns the favour by allowing Funk to hit him back. Funk's chair shot was definitely way harder than Jack's. The beginning of this Royal Rumble match was always very memorable for me, it's different and a sign of the times I guess. You wouldn't have seen this in last year's match. Who's the poor bastard who drew number 3 then? Ah, Tom Brandy. Tom's been having some issues with Mark Mer- Ah, oh, never mind, he's out, forget about it. Cactus and Terry go back to beating the shit out of each other and Funk gets suplexed through two chairs set up in the middle of the ring. Cactus almost eliminates his friend before entrant number 4 comes to the ring and it's the people's champion, the IC champion, The Rock. Luckily for Rock, Jack and Funk just knock themselves out so the Great One gets in a few free shots, but when the boys get back to their feet, Rock takes a great looking trash can shot and the Great One's not doing so good now. Funk and Cactus put the can over Rock's head and the punishment continues. He goes through the ropes here and that means Rock is still in the match. Out next is headbanger Mosh. Rock gets back in the ring and the four men go to work so it looks like fun time with Jack and Funk has ended. We see the Terry Funk moonsault here, he doesn't get all of it though and Jerry Lawler thinks this is hilarious. Phineas Godwin comes out next and JR says Phineas is living proof of what happens when first cousins marry. There's no eliminations between Phineas's entrance and the next entrant. Dirty old asshole 8ball. 8ball goes straight for Cactus Jack before turning his attention to The Rock. Cactus goes back to Terry Funk and Cactus gets eliminated when Terry dodges a running attack. The crowd aren't very happy but the show goes on. Jerry Lawler says he just heard a rumour, someone got to Steve Austin backstage and he might not compete in this Royal Rumble match. Jerry Lawler's full of shit by the way. Blackjack Bradshaw's out next and again there's no eliminations. Terry Funk has to hold on for dear life though when Rock and Phineas try to throw him out and the crowd cheers when Funk avoids getting eliminated. 
Entrant number nine is Owen Hart, and Mike Tyson's clearly an Owen Hart guy. Tyson cheers as Owen makes his way down to the ring, but the Blackheart gets attacked by Jeff Jarrett. This felt a little random because these two hadn't had any interactions on Monday nights. Cornette gets in on the action too, and it looks like Owen's been taken out of the Royal Rumble match. JR says there's no way Owen can compete, and I remember being pissed off at this all those years ago. Still, what was reassuring though was the pop that Owen got when his music played in the arena. I really wanted Owen to do well in the World Wrestling Federation after all that Montreal nonsense. Alright, no eliminations happened during this beatdown. Let's see who's number 10. The real motherfucking problem, Steve motherfucking Blackman. This is it boys, end the pay per view now because Blackman's main eventing Wrestlemania. Blackman almost eliminates Terry Funk before going after The Rock. See, that's what a real man would do, go after the biggest dogs in the yard. Phineas and Rock have to try and contain the awesomeness of Steve Blackman, but Steve's just too much and Rock decides to walk away before he gets his ass kicked. Phineas, on the other hand, pays a hefty price. Blackman fucking dares Phineas and Rock to try again and he laughs in the face of danger while hanging on to the top and middle ropes. This man is nothing short of motherfucking amazing. The nation's Delos are next entrant and Rock's happy to get some backup. So happy that he thinks he can take on Steve Blackman all on his own but Steve's just sitting there absorbing those kicks. He even got out his Game Boy here and he collected all 151 Pokemon while Rock was trying to do some damage. Blackman gets up and he goes after Mosh and Delo watched Rocky attack his hero so he punches Rock in the face and the nation explodes at the Royal Rumble. The two back off from each other though before the next entrant comes out and it's Big Kurgan, my my my. The big man gets in the ring and Mosh gets eliminated. Nobody wants to take a shot at Kurgan except you know who. Steve motherfucking Blackman backs down from no one. Blackman strikes fear into Kurgan's heart with a little kick action. Kurgan screams in the corner for mercy and he tells Blackman he's really, really afraid of him. And Kurgan notices a bug on Blackman's head so he does him a favour and he squishes that bug with his leg. A goodwill gesture from the big man. Marvelous Mark Mero comes out next with his absolutely banging, super hot theme music. And Blackman lets Mark punch him just to see how strong he really is. Steve then gets word that a giant monster is on the loose on the streets of San Jose and the police can't contain it, so he requests that Kurgan eliminates him so he can go save the city. It's understandable I guess, some things are more important, consider yourself lucky Mr. Steve Austin, Steve Blackman is peaced out. Kurgan and Bradshaw then go to work and Rock and Dilo are fighting each other once again. Our next entrant is Ken Shamrock. Shamrock goes after Kurgan and not The Rock. A jumping back kick stuns the big man and everyone teams up to eliminate Kurgan from the 1998 Royal Rumble. Who would have saw that coming? Rock and Shamrock then start fighting just before the next entrant comes out and we've got Thrasher of the Headbangers. Inside the ring, Delo's choking out The Rock and Merrill's showing off his fancy footwork to Mike Tyson. Entrant number 16 is Mankind. Mick Foley's gonna enter the Royal Rumble under different gimmicks and this was a great idea. Mankind goes straight after Chainsaw Charlie and Charlie gets eliminated. To be fair, Terry Funk had a good little run in this Royal Rumble match so you can't complain. Rock and Shamrock go back to work and Rock almost gets eliminated but he hangs in there until the next entrant comes out, it's Goldust. 
and Goldust manages to eliminate mankind, this'll give Foley a chance to get to the back and get into his dude love attire. NWA North American Champion Jeff Jarrett comes out next, but he gets a surprise when Owen Hart follows him. Owen gets in the ring and he beats the ever-loving shit out of Double J and the crowd can't get enough. When Owen eventually eliminates Jarrett, we hear the biggest pop of the rumble so far. Our next entrant is the Honky Tonk Man, but here comes Triple H in China too, no doubt here to cause problems for Owen Hart. Owen stops China from hitting him with Hunter's crutch, but Hunter uses his other crutch to eliminate Owen, God damn it. The odds were firmly stacked against the soul survivor on this night and to make matters worse, he fell when running back through the curtain, <laughs> I'm sure he had a good laugh about this though. Ahmed Johnson comes out next, Jim Ross says Ahmed's rivalry with D-Generation X is well documented, and that's the first time I've ever heard of Ahmed feuding with DX, did I miss something? What we did miss though was Ken Shamrock's elimination. It happened during the Owen Hart stuff, Rock had a low blow on Kenny Boy and Ken got thrown over the top rope by the IC champion, so Rock definitely had Ken's number on this night. Another Nation member comes out next, it's Mark Henry. The cameras focus on Henry and Ahmed fighting it out, but neither man gets eliminated. Henry throws some of Shawn Michaels' white powder in Ahmed's face to wake him up a bit, but it doesn't work. The next entrant is… no one. No music plays and no one comes out. Jim Ross wonders if this was supposed to be Steve Austin and maybe Austin got attacked backstage, but this was supposed to be Skull of the DOA. Apparently he was injured during that fight with the Bariquas backstage. D'Lo and Mark Henry work together to eliminate Ahmed, and pay attention to Phineas getting eliminated next. Referee Jack Doan had to get rushed to hospital after this show, and it turned out he got a concussion. If you watch him though throughout the remainder of the match, he clearly isn't 100%, and you can even see Luna Vachon checking on him a few times. Kama's in the ring now, and we again have nation members fighting against each other. D'Lo and Kama throw punches, and The Rock almost gets eliminated by the Honky Tonk Man, but the action completely stops when the glass shatters for entrant number 24. Steve Austin's music plays in the arena, and everyone stops what they're doing, and they wait for Stone Cold. Austin appears from the crowd, and he instantly eliminates Mark Merrow. Eight ball of the dirty old assholes next to get eliminated, and Austin then goes to work on D'Lo. The attempts to gang up on Stone Cold failed miserably. Henry Godwin's out next, and he goes right after Austin. Both men try to eliminate each other, and neither man goes over the top rope. Next, we have Savio Vega, and Savio brings his whole Bariquas faction to the ring. They too target Steve Austin, but Stone Cold fights him off, and Savio manages to avoid the stunner. Austin decides he's gonna take Goldust's head off instead, and Savio lives to fight another day. Luna begs for Austin not to kick Goldust in the balls, but he does it anyway, and the crowd pops. The ring's filling up now, and we only have four more entrants. Number 27 is the nation's leader, Farouk, and Farouk goes straight after The Rock. Austin and Rock fall through the ropes as Farouk attacks D'Lo and Kama next. Austin gets thrown into the ring steps and Rock drops Austin over the guardrail, and there are no further eliminations inside the ring. There's Dude Love, Mick Foley's third chance to win the Royal Rumble. He eliminates Bradshaw right away. Rock delivers the people's elbow to D'Lo, and Austin's quick to attack Rock immediately afterwards, just before Chains runs down to the ring. There are no eliminations between Chains and the final entrant, the man they call Vader. 
Vader eliminates Honky Tonk Man, Austin eliminates Thrasher, Kama and Savio Vega, Goldust manages to eliminate Vader next and the crowd didn't like this too much. Henry Godwin then eliminates himself before Chains throws Goldust over the top rope. The numbers continue to go down quickly as Farouk eliminates Mark Henry. And here it is, the final four, Rock, Austin, Farouk and Dude Love. Foley goes after Farouk, Austin goes after Rock, the nation get thrown into each other and it looks like Dude Love and Stone Cold are going to work together, but that falls apart pretty quickly. Dude Love applies the mandible claw, Austin hits a low blow and Dude Love gets eliminated. Rock then sneaks up behind Farouk as Farouk tries to eliminate Stone Cold and Farouk goes over the top rope too, we are down to Austin and Rock. The crowd pops when Austin and Rock start throwing right hands and there's a bit of that magic there that would draw millions of viewers to Wrestlemania events in the future. Austin tries to throw Rock out but Rock stays in. When Austin notices Rock's still in this thing, the IC champ takes a Stone Cold stunner and Rock gets sent out. Stone Cold Steve Austin wins the Royal Rumble and Stone Cold's going to main event WrestleMania 14. The audience absolutely loved the outcome, Mike Tyson's on his feet cheering for the rattlesnake, the marked man survived and Austin now has a chance to win the big one. Mike Tyson says Cold Stone is his main man, yeah Cold Stone. Cold Stone is my man, he won. And Tyson just won a whole lot of money thanks to Steve Austin. Tyson says he's an Undertaker fan but Shawn Michaels is a quote young and upcoming hungry tiger and Tyson's looking forward to the next match and so were all of us back in 1998 because the winner of the next match would likely defend the WWF title against Austin at Wrestlemania. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker at this point have had two pay per view main event matches and both times The Undertaker was unable to decisively beat Michaels. A lot's changed since then though, Shawn's now the WWF champion and his ego grows every week as part of D-Generation X and The Undertaker's had some pretty big issues with Paul Bearer and Kane. It seems though that some of those issues may not be so troublesome now as Kane and The Undertaker have fought side by side and by the looks of things Kane has left Paul Bearer and the brothers have re United. So the heartbreak kid has to be careful tonight because his backup Triple H is on a set of crutches. Michaels has wrestled his last Raw match of this era. He has two more pay per view matches left in him before his early retirement. The question now though is will he beat The Undertaker in a casket match and main event the big show in Boston? Or will The Undertaker finally beat the heartbreak kid and reclaim the World Wrestling Federation Championship? Shawn Michaels comes to the ring with China and Triple H. The Undertaker makes his entrance and Taker's pyro makes Shawn jump and run out of the ring. Michaels looks afraid, but JR says Shawn somehow manages to always rise to the occasion when it comes to big matches like this. The dead man waits for the champion to get in the ring and Shawn's battle plan gets shared with us all right away. Duck, weave, strike first and back out. The problem here though is that Sean tells the fans to suck it after backing out and Taker takes this opportunity to grab the champ and throw him into the corner. Sean sticks to the game plan though and he ducks again, he lays in more quick strikes but Taker's just absorbing the jabs and Sean's backed up in the opposite corner. Again, Sean ducks, he lays in the punches, but the dead man shoves the champ away and Sean gets grabbed by the throat. A low kick buys HBK a little time and Sean tries a second rope crossbody. This almost went wrong, but The Undertaker puts all his power into lifting Michaels up 
and this ended up looking great. Taker lifts Sean over his head and the referee opens up the casket. Sean manages to get down and I'm not sure if Taker knew the casket was closed again but he backdrops Michaels out of the ring and there it is, that bump right there that didn't look like much, Sean's back hitting the casket. Sean said this bump right here was what forced him into an early retirement. HBK felt fine after the bump, the next morning he couldn't move. Taker rams HBK's head into the ring post and Sean takes a press slam on the outside too. Sean finds himself in the casket and he rushes to get back out, but inside the ring isn't safe either as Taker floors Sean with a big right hand. The two get to their feet and the Phenom performs old school. Triple H and China watch on as their leader gets annihilated in the ring. Sean then goes up and over when whipped into the corner but he slows Taker down again by dropping the dead man's neck over the top rope. But Taker stays alert and HBK's aerial attack gets countered with a power slam. Taker looks to finish it by locking Sean in the casket. Michaels goes inside and it looks like it's all over, but Sean stashed his fanny pack in that casket and some glorious white powder gets thrown in Taker's face. Some of it gets wasted too and that's not good. Taker can't see, yet he still manages to floor Michaels again but Sean then takes the lead. Taker goes down after a moonsault and Sean tries to skin the cat after sending Taker to the outside. Taker's able to grab Sean and pull him out of the ring though but it's the Undertaker who takes the worst of this exchange on the outside of the ring. Undertaker gets thrown into the ring steps and then Sean uses those same ring steps as a weapon. HBK then performs a pile driver on the base of the steps and Triple H then chokes the Undertaker with his crutch. Sean watches on as Triple H strikes Taker and Jim Ross wonders where Kane is as Michaels cracks a chair over Undertaker's back. After telling a fan at ringside to suck it and celebrating a little in the ring, Michaels brings the dead man back inside the ropes and the challenger goes down after a back elbow. Taker then manages to stop Michaels from closing the casket door and a big uppercut sends Michaels back inside the ring, but Sean stays on the phenom with a swinging neckbreaker. HBK thinks putting Taker to sleep might be a good idea so he can just roll him into the casket, but Undertaker suplexes out of the hold and this is definitely anyone's match. I gotta say though, the crowd have been a little quiet here, they're absolutely spent after watching the Royal Rumble match. Sean then hits the trifecta, the flying forearm, the diving elbow and finally sweet chin music. That's all she wrote ladies and gents, Taker gets put in the casket, Sean stands triumphantly over the dead man before closing the lid, but Taker grabs Sean by his little boy toy and HBK hasn't won this match yet. This spot here made the crowd pop by the way, they woke up for the dick choke. Sean takes the flare corner bump and a clothesline, HBK then goes down after a big boot. Taker goes for his jumping clothesline but Sean ducks out of the way and now Taker's back in the casket. Michaels dives off the top rope and straight into the casket and then the lid gets closed. The two men fight inside and Sean tries to climb out but Taker grabs him and what a shot this was too by the way, that's some good shit right there pal. The two re-emerge and Sean gets punched in the face, Sean then takes a thunderous chokeslam in the ring and Taker tombstone Sean right into the casket. That has to be it, the match is over. In a repeat from the 1994 Royal Rumble, a bunch of heels run down to take out the dead man. It's the Outlaws and Los Bariquas. The crowd start chanting for Kane and there he is. Jim Ross says this is the unholy alliance, the brothers of the night. The crowd's going nuts for Kane and when the big red machine gets in the ring, he completely cleans house. 
All the heels get wiped out and while this was happening, HBK got out of the casket. Fans think Kane just saved his brother, Kane goes to set off his pyro and it doesn't go off. And then Kane attacks The Undertaker. Some fans were expecting it, others weren't, but Jim Ross loses his mind as the devil's favourite demon attacks his brother and it's confirmed that there's actually never been an unholy alliance to begin with. Kane chokeslams Taker into the casket, DX closes the casket over and Shawn Michaels retains the World Wrestling Federation Championship. DX then leave the arena as Kane and Paul Bear lock the casket. It's locked tight and Taker's still in there. The casket gets brought to the entranceway and Kane grabs an axe and a jerry can. Kane destroys the casket with the axe before pouring gasoline all over it. Paul Bearer lights the matches and Kane throws the matches onto the casket. The Royal Rumble ends with Kane and Paul Bearer looking at the burning casket and the show fades to black. The main event definitely picked up as it went on, but in my opinion, it was the weakest of the 97-98 HBK and Taker trilogy. It's still a good match though, and all in all, the whole show was actually good. The only matches I'd say you could skip over would be the minis match and the tag title match. Shamrock vs Rock was very good and it was the best traditional match of the show. The Royal Rumble itself was a lot of fun too, with my only complaint really being how predictable it was, but you can't complain either, back then everyone wanted Austin to win. And even the Vader vs Goldust opener wasn't all that bad. So yeah, this is a great start for 1998 WWF pay-per-view shows. On Reliving the War next week, we'll hopefully hear what this big Mike Tyson announcement is, we'll see The Rock defend his IC title against Ahmed Johnson, and Shawn Michaels celebrates his victory in a way that only Shawn Michaels can. So I hope you join me then, thank you for watching this video and spending some time on the channel, I do appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this one, and take care.